This is episode number 232 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Hey there, welcome to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and my goal is to help you become a fearless and confident speaker and presenter. Happy Thanksgiving, and for those of you outside the United States, happy third week of November. <laughs> I wanted, wanted to take a break from the normal presentation skills tips and share with you this week one of Abraham Lincoln's least quoted speeches but the speech that has a fairly significant impact on U.S. citizens every November, and that's his Thanksgiving proclamation that actually created the Thanksgiving holiday here in the United States. Uh, before I get into that, though, the episode is brought to you by fearlesspresentations.com. So if you're looking for the fastest, easy way, easiest way to reduce public speaking fear or become a more persuasive speaker, we've got two-day public speaking classes coming up in cities like Phoenix, Dallas, Tampa, LA, Denver, Philadelphia, Boston, Washington, DC, Miami, Cincinnati, St. Louis, Minneapolis, and Salt Lake City. We've also got a virtual class in January. If one of the if if uh, the city that you live in is not one of those that I just kind of called out, or uh, if you're wondering if a class is going to be coming to your city at some time in the near future, just go to fearlesspresentations.com for details. All right. So thanks a lot. Well, let's get on with today's session. Hey, so today I wanted to talk about President Abraham Lincoln's Thanksgiving proclamation. This was actually done in 1863. If you ask kids today, you know, where did the Thanksgiving holiday here in the United States come from? They'll say, well, it's the pilgrims. And, and they're right. I mean, that's what we've been taught. The pilgrims were the first people to actually create a Thanksgiving feast uh, but it was actually President George Washington, the first president in the United States, that that made the first Thanksgiving proclamation, and that was in October of 1789. But it was actually Abe Lincoln who created the national holiday. So basically, Abe reinstu reinstituted the holiday that Washington created during his presidency. And basically, what I'm going to cover today are the words of the Thanksgiving proclamation, and I'll try to read it the way that he might have spoke it. Uh, so kind of bear with me because it's kind of older English. But, uh, but the reason why I want to kind of do this, though, is I want to show you that Lincoln's technique is, is still pretty effective. If you kind of use some of the things that he used in his speeches, a lot of times you can build rapport with your audience. So this is the transcript. So this is basically what, what he said, according to what was written down and, and what we what we kind of see today. He said, the year that is drawing its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthy skies to these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and even soften the heart, which is habitably insensible to the ever watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequal magnitude and severity, 
which is sometimes seems to foreign states to invite and provoke their aggression, peace has been preserved with all nations. Order has been maintained. The laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. While that theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union, needful diversions of wealth and strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. In fact, the axe has enlarged the borders. Uh, and the mines as uh, as well of of iron and coal and of precious metals have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore. Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, the siege and the battlefield, and the country rejoicing in the consciousness of the augmented strength and vigor is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increasing of freedom. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out the, these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in his anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to, to me fit and proper that they should solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledge, as with one heart, and one voice by the whole American people do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are who are at uh, at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficial Father who dwelt in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverance and blessing, that they do also with humble penitence for our national preservedness and disobedience, command to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lament civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged, and fervently employ the interposition, the Almighty Hand, heal the wounds of the nation, and to restore it. As soon as we may, consistent with the divine purpose, to be the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union, in testimony whereof I have heretofore set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed. So today we kind of listen to some of those words and like, ah, it's kind of hard to understand. There's a little old English in there. And you have to kind of put that aside for a second because some of the stuff that he's saying there is really, really important. So like, for instance, um, Lincoln uses the first paragraph to really build rapport with the audience. Instead of focusing on what divided the country, which was, which was a lot, he focused on the positive to gain agreement. And then in the second paragraph, he does something that a lot of modern day politicians try to copy. He subtly uses ego and patriotism to build commonality while downplaying the negative. He's basically saying, look at all this great stuff that we're doing. We're growing. There's all kinds of cool stuff going on. And except for that civil war thing, everything else is kind of fine, right? And to be honest, I'm really not sure that if this paragraph, if, if if when he actually presented this to the people who were listening to him, 
if they were going, oh my God, that's a good speech. You know, they might have been like, for instance, if it may be possible that that people today see the this part of the Lincoln speech and say, wow, man, I'm going to copy that because if Lincoln could do it, I could do it. I, I, w- I just have to think that when he is talking about the peace has preserved and harmony has prevailed, prevailed everywhere to a woman who maybe just lost her husband in the war and maybe lost a son in the war, those words are most likely going to antagonize that woman versus bringing harmony with her. So I, I think it was it was something that he kind of needed to do at the beginning of the speech. He wanted to, he, I mean, obviously, if they're in a war, he can't just not say anything about it. If he did, then that would be a, a controversy as well. But he was trying to present it in a way to where at least he's got a higher propensity to have people kind of agree with him. And so um, it, it, it probably worked f- for that. But I doubt that it's something that you really want to copy today. It's probably he probably didn't have any more success than what our politicians today do when they try to use that that same that same type of thing. Um, however, after the obligatory Civil War comments, he again kind of builds rapport. So in the in the next section, he starts to rebuild the rapport again. He focuses on the growth that has occurred in the nation even during the war. He ends that section by saying that this growth will actually increase even more when freedom increases. So by mentioning the different industries, he is actually speaking to all of the population who participate in those industries, which is about 90% of the population at that point, right? So he finishes by saying that this success and growth are a gift from God and that this is our duty to remember that in a day of, of Thanksgiving. So although, you know, Lincoln's proclamation about Thanksgiving is not one of the most quoted speeches, if you kind of look at how he presented his ideas, we can kind of learn from it. Even when when we know that a lot of listeners in our audience are not even not going to agree with us, then if that's the case, focus on the things that you can get them to agree with you on. If you had in have to add in content that you know is going to be controversial, then deliver it with a little compassion and, and it'll go along the way. And by the way, if that doesn't work, then just bring along a live turkey and then pardon it. That works for the presidents today. <laughs> so uh, hopefully you enjoyed this little kind of mini version of the podcast. We'll jump back in with some public speaking tips next week. See ya. Bye. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.